What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hoop Show Podcast, episode two. We back, y'all. And before I get started, just want to give a quick shout out to my little brother Jalen and uh, his team, the NAU Lumberjacks, out there in Northern Arizona. Uh, he's playing football with them, and, and they're having a good season too. But best part about it for me is the fact that my brother's out there playing, y'all. I mean. Anybody who knows me, especially growing up and everything, no, I couldn't be more proud of him. That's all I ever did was talk about my little brother growing up. And, I mean, the fact that I'm able to watch him on TV and all kind of streaming apps and, I mean, everything, man. It's just it's crazy to me. So, Jay, I just want to give you a quick shout-out, man. Keep doing your thing, making everybody proud. All right, you guys. So, for this show, I want to mix it up a little bit. Uh, last episode really just focused on the show itself also went into a few things but really just trying to go over you know what to expect from the show what type of things i had planned stuff like that but um the nba season is now pretty much here i, I say pretty much because some, for some reason uh, they say the nba season doesn't start until the official first game of the regular season but it's definitely not last season anymore right i mean we already know who won the championship for last year's team new teams are out got a new 2k now, as far as I'm concerned, whenever 2K comes out, the new one, that means it's a new season. They don't put it off for the last one during the same last year, you know. So it's a new season. Uh, preseason started a couple days ago back on Thursday with the Rockets and Clippers game. Uh, great game, by the way. But, yeah, we're pretty much here. So I decided why not go into my season of war predictions. Uh, you know, I always tweet about them, post them, all that stuff. Get pretty much the same people always want to argue with me on what I'm wrong about who I got wrong, stuff like that. Um, so I decided this time I'm going to put it on wax, on recording, who I think is going to win these awards so I can come back at the end of the year and say, I told you so. No, I'm just kidding. But I really might do that, though, actually. But anyways, um, you know, I just wanted to go over who I think is going to win each um, individual player awards. So this is stuff like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year, things like that. And really just want to go over the reasons why I think each person is going to win these awards, too. So it's not just me picking my favorite players, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys think I'm right, think I'm wrong, uh, find me on Twitter at BigLen underscore. That's at B-I-G-L-E-N underscore. Or catch me on Facebook just using my name, Leonard Hooper, of course. Uh, either way, though, let's get into it. Before we get into it, I just want to go over what these awards all mean really quick and what they are. Never want to assume you guys just know everything ahead of time. Some people might be here to learn. You know, actually, I hope there are some people trying to uh, learn from this. So, if so, I am definitely want to go over uh, everything that you guys might not know ahead of time and not assume anything. Uh, so, these awards I want to go over today, these are all individual player awards. Um, so, these are awards that one person can just earn for themselves. Yeah, team kind of influences them a little bit, but for the most part, it's just stuff that you know people get awarded for for doing well in these certain categories but uh, first up we have rookie of the year rookie of the year best first year player best newcomer uh, defensive player of the year best defender best person at guarding you know the other team's players things like that uh, we got the most improved player award which that was a little fuzzy uh, the definition for that it's not a hundred percent where I could just you know lay it out like that, but basically it's the person who showed the most improvement between one year and the last. So we'll put it like that. Um, we got six man of the year, which is uh, the best player coming off the bench for their team. So somebody who doesn't start every game, who comes off the bench and just does absolutely insane 
Uh, you got six men of the year and then MVP, most valuable player. So, like, best player in the league pretty much. Well, not necessarily best player of the league, but the team that definitely helps the team or their own team the most, helps them get the most wins, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those are the awards. And, um, so, you know, and a lot of times these awards will kind of revolve around a story or a narrative too, and that could either be driven by the team. You know, let's say, for example, um, a team wants one of their players to – be to, to be really popular at something you know they might really push for him to win defensive player of the year in interviews and stuff like that um or by that player by the league whoever but um you know narrative is a lot of the time something that kind of drives these awards not always but um definitely i would say majority of the time you know, maybe like 80 20 85 15 something like that uh, the rest of the time, it just comes from those times where players just set the league on fire, right? And uh, there's just no question who deserved that award. So uh, with that being said, let's get into it. First up, uh, Rookie of the Year, Zion. Easy. I'm sorry, but, you know, it's just the easiest call I, I could have made. Uh, and normally, I don't think you should be looking at a player so far ahead of time where they really haven't played any games yet. Um, not even an official real minute yet. He barely even played Summer League, but... This time is different. Like, th this dude, something else, man. Like, we we just aren't used to him, you know. Found out today he's actually 6'6", because the NBA started doing this thing where they started measuring players' heights, I guess, super accurately and without shoes for whatever reason, I guess, because we're going to see them play without shoes. Um, but anyway, 6'6", about 280, a tank literally a tank and i say that because he's built like a tank but them legs are just as explosive man so it's crazy um, but i just don't think there's ever been a player who really has everything that he has all in the same body but also knows how to use that body so well and so early on into his career too um, when you watch his game the first thing you see is just that absolutely insane bounce he has in those dunks he throws down i mean there's a reason why we've been watching this dude on YouTube for the last, it feels like four or five years, probably since he was like a sophomore in high school. But, I mean, man, that's the first thing that stands out. You know, that's eye-popping. Um, whether he's running full speed, he could be, um, you know, after getting a steal. He's great at getting steals um, in the middle of the court, kind of toward that half-court line and getting on breakaways. Or just dunking it off vert. And, you know, just playing off vert really quick is when you dunk the ball, just standing straight off two feet. No running start or anything like that. But he'll go and catch five people underneath the basket that same way, too. So um, what's really easy to overlook, though, is his skill and just overall feel for the game. Um, he just plays like, you know, a basketball player, just like a hooper. I mean, he did not like he's playing any one position or anything like that. As you see, he's not that tall. I mean, he and I are the same height. I wish I could ever jump anywhere close to that. I can't even imagine what that will feel like. But, um, yeah, he plays uh, the big positions, you know, four and five in college and high school. Um, but that's just because he just knows how to play the game. You know, he understands how to move his body, how to get in different spots, um, stuff like that. And he really doesn't have to really think the game as much as he's just really playing it. People really underestimate the process it takes to even get a dunk in a basketball game, too. And just the skill it takes to get those opportunities out there. Just think about it. If it was that easy for you to just get a dunk, like you just had to be an NBA player and it's just that simple you could dunk, then there will be just entire games full of dunks. But not everybody can get those. You know, that's a skill in itself. But he already has that, and that's something that he's had for years. So 
that's already a pro level skill he's been working at for about four or five years now. Uh, you know, he's a very underrated passer. Uh, very underrated. You guys watched him in the tournament. You saw that, though. He definitely did his thing a little bit out there, especially in that, uh, that tournament there, their conference tournament, too. Um, he was throwing assists left and right out there before his shoes exploded. Crazy, right? Full exploded his shoe. But, um, yeah, I mean, that dude is just going to be something else this year. Like I said, we've never seen nothing like him before. So, uh, I think his most underrated aspect of his game is probably his defense, though. I think he might average about a, a steal and a half per game and a block and a half per game, too. Um, and along with close to double-digit rebounds every night as well, around 7, 8, 9, something like that. So, um, yeah, and to get, give a measuring stick of what a good you know, defensive kind of statistical line would look like, averaging at least one stat or one block, or excuse me, adding a steal or a block a game. Or both. That's, you know, saying you're out there really focused on defense every night. And I'm thinking he might average close to two. So um, he'll be out there really dominating, shutting his teams down early, especially those other young teams and everything, and really, you know, put his head out far and away pretty early on. So uh, Zion's my rookie of the year. All right. So speaking of defense, let's jump into Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that was a good segue. I think, look, I didn't even go to school for this stuff. I'm doing it like a pro, but. Um, anyway, so Defensive Player of the Year. So I got two names for this one. Uh, first name, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. Or, and I know I'm not the biggest Clippers fan, but this is still, I'm trying to be realistic here. We got Patrick Beverly. And I know y'all probably expecting me to say Kawhi or Paul George or something like that, but no. Rudy Gobert, Patrick Beverly. Each of them both have stories. Um, you know, like I said, all these awards got stories behind them, narratives, and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, they both have one. So, for Rudy Gobert out there in the Utah Jazz, uh, for him, for anybody who's not familiar, first up, this dude's nickname, the Stifle Tower. All right, so one thing you can learn from him, he's French. You know, Eiffel Tower, Stifle Tower. Um, he stifles people, whatever that means. I think stifle means to stop people or impede people things like that um so he's a stifle tower uh you know but gotta pay homage to his french roots and everything you know but anyways so he's coming off a season where he actually did just actually win this award so that's one reason why i feel like he can win it um again you know be a two-time winner um but at the same time he's coming off a season where he felt like being that presence on defense you know should have got him more credit than it did uh, he felt he was left off of the all-star team out there in the west I personally don't think so because, I mean, whose spot was he going to take? You know, his players out there way better than him last year. Um, LeBron was in the West, for example, taking up that spot in the forwards. So, I mean, a lot of different things that kept him out of that. But still, he played really well. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like because of that, he's going to come back with more of a kind of a vengeance, you know, trying to prove himself a little bit more and make even more of a statement on defense. So, uh, right now, he's already regarded as probably the best big man defender in the league. Um, some people say he's the best. Uh, some people might argue the Lakers' Anthony Davis is better, um, different things like that. But for the most part, he's widely regarded as that center who's just able to stop everybody at the rim. Um, but this year, I feel like he's going to you know, take another step forward um, numbers-wise. So, you know, averaging around three to four blocks a game this year and really just making it known. Like, hey, if you come here, it's a wrap for your shot. Like, don't even try it, you know, but... Um, I, I definitely feel like he'll be trying to do that to stand out, 
especially after he lost or the Jazz lost um, his front court teammate Derek Favors, um, who was really always a solid post defender and just a good big defender at his side. Um, and since they lost Favors, they're going to be playing a little bit smaller next year. So definitely that's going to also lead to a lot more shots coming his way. Um, and plus, they also lost Ricky Rubio to replace him with Mike Conley. But just that whole change in personnel is just going to lead to a whole different change in play um, for Rudy Gobert. A lot more shots coming his way, um, certain different schemes and stuff like that, and a chance for him to show off. So, hey, if he proves it, I wouldn't be mad at it. He's, he's a great player. So. On the other side of things, we got Patrick Beverly. And it's the reason why I keep saying his name like that, too. I just feel like I have to. You know, he's just that kind of dude. But entirely different story. Uh, and now this whole time, I know I've been talking about narratives and stories and things like that. Um, but this dude, he probably doesn't want his own narrative to follow him other than he doesn't want a narrative to follow him. You know, he doesn't care about all the extra stuff. Um, it's the dude you will never, ever see crying on TV because he didn't make the All-Star game like Rudy Gobert did. And listen, anybody know who knows me, knows I'll cry if I if something really hits me you know I'm not gonna run away just so nobody will see me cry if it really hits me like that I'll go ahead and cry but I don't think I'll be on TV crying because I thought I should have been on the team and I didn't make it and I'm pretty sure Patrick Bradley feels the same way I do but uh, that's no shot at really good bear like I said be be in touch with yourself you know make it cry it's okay you would cry if you need to but Patrick Bradley never would cry for something like that he doesn't care about all the extra stuff um, and honestly, that's why I feel like this is going to be so good for him and get, get him the chance to actually win this uh, Defensive Player of the Year award as a point guard. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. But I do think he has a lot of things just kind of in his favor over there on the Clippers that'll lead to just him having a shot at being the first point guard to win Defensive Player of the Year since Gary Payton won it back in 1995-96 season. So, um, like I said, a lot of things have to go his way for that to happen. But I think this is a dude who can make that happen. Um, so you could really turn on any game of the year for this dude, right? And, and it could look like the first game, the last game, whatever. They all look the same because every single game you see this dude play, he is going at whoever has the ball. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. Like, this dude is going at him, picking up, up full court as soon as the ball tips. Uh, I mean, if he could guard you while his team had the ball, he would actually do that too. Uh, and I say that because, you know, I actually turned on a Clippers game once last season in front of my girlfriend, right? And, and just the way that he plays and everything, just that all, that's the only thing she could focus on. And it just made her so mad. I thought it was so funny, but it's like, that's what he gets paid for. That dude gets paid a lot of money to be that way. And of course, she was just annoyed by how much she was in other players' faces and everything. Probably putting herself in their shoes and talking about how she would be ready to fight him and stuff. No, you're not ready to fight Patrick Beverly. I wouldn't fight him. Uh, but anyways, that's beside the point. But that's exactly the kind of player he is, you know? Kind of player where you just turn on the TV and he's just pissing somebody off. But really just making him mad because he's locking him up. You know, that's the most frustrating thing that can happen to an offensive player out there on the court. is just them being controlled by someone else and not being able to do what they want to do. Um, you know, again, he doesn't have his own story. But I feel like the story just that will drive him winning Defensive Player of the Year is just all the attention that the Clippers are going to get this year. Um, since they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George now, I think they're going to be a lot of focus on them throughout the year. And all their big defensive wins, things like that, he is going to get a lot of credit for that. So um, I, I think also, too, with having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the same team, um, that can take a lot of load off of them, having uh, Patrick Beverly play with them, 
because he can really guard all those strong wing defenders out there, give them a chance to take a breather on defense because they have to carry so much of an offensive load, you know, which he doesn't care about. So um, I definitely think, you know, if, if there's any year for him to win it, it's this one. All right, so next up, got the most improved award. So uh, this award, like I said, it's kind of fuzzy as far as definition and all that goes to. Basically, it's the award for the guy who played the best this year compared to last year. You know, sometimes it goes to people who they just didn't really do much numbers-wise, didn't get a lot of playing time, kind of sat a lot throughout the year and didn't really stand out. But then next year, they become a starter, uh, almost all-star, for example, stuff like that. Um, or you have players who were already pretty good, but then they just take that next leap to where um, they say, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to go, I'm that guy. Um, and the cool thing about this award, though, is a lot of times people who win this actually end up going on to be really successful. Uh, most of the time, actually, people who win most improved end up being all-stars. Um, for example, since the year 2000, uh, they had 11 players who won this award actually become all-stars. Um, so you got guys like Gilbert Arenas, uh, Big Zebo, Zach Randolph, T-Mac, who made it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, and we got others, of course, but those are just some big names that stand out to me. Uh, and just like in the last seven years alone, just going back to the 2012-13 season, five of the players who actually won the award became All-Stars out of the last seven years. So you got guys like Paul George, um, Goran Dragic. Uh, he won the award with the Suns and became an All-Star when he went to the Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler plays for the Heat now. He won his awards and became an All-Star with the Bulls. You got Big Giannis, Greek Freak, out there in Milwaukee. And uh, Victor Oladipo. He actually won the award and became an all-star in the same season. So um, the award itself definitely is normally a pretty good precursor to, you know, dudes who are going to stand out. Um, for this one, I'm going to go with Trey Young. I just watched Trey Young all last year. And for me, I thought he was actually going to win all, or excuse me, rookie of the year. I kind of knew that Doncic was going to win it just because of all the hype that was around him early on in the season. And Trey Young kind of struggled a little bit to start the year, but as soon as he picked it up, it was a wrap. I mean, for me, I think this dude is definitely in that next up group of just talent, um, people who just are just star players in the league whose names everybody's going to know. Uh, I think Trey Young's that guy. Um, people who watch a little bit, you already know somewhat of him. Probably seen him in college a little bit. Uh, like I said last year, he definitely stood out too. I think he should have won Rookie of the Year, but, you know, that's all right. I wasn't voting, of course. But still, yeah, this dude, um, just a flat-out killer. You know, I don't watch a ton of college basketball myself, so I really didn't know much about him early on. And like I said, just kind of struggled a little bit to start the season. Uh, but now, man, next up, easy. Uh, you know, he's so young, but he's already super skilled and poised at just what most say is probably the hardest position to play in the NBA. Um, you know, he has what they call in the gym range so meaning that basically as soon as he walks in the gym you basically have to guard him like he can hit a shot from anywhere in the building um some people say you got to guard him as soon as he puts his shoes on you know something like that but he's one of those players he just has every sort of shot his handle that ball handling ability is just ridiculous um and he's just so calm out there you know that's the main thing that stands out when a player is calm out there they can just think their way through the game not make so many mistakes that come from overthinking uh, and that really obviously just serves him well. Um, Three-point range, unlimited. You know, people c compare him to Steph Curry, which you can, you can see a little bit. You know, definitely that range is there. Um, his ability to get his shot off, off the dribble so far away, too. Not too many other players can do that. 
Um, and he can score at every level too. So he can get three pointers, mid range jumpers, uh, floaters, and gets to the free throw line and hits his free throws. So um, already actually showed last year that he's ready for the spotlight too. Um, he showed early on too. I mean, he had a game winner versus the Milwaukee Bucks really early in the season. A nice putback layup on them. Um, he had a nice little game winner over the Sixers too. And uh, even started his season with a game winner from the Spurs, oh, excuse me, over the Spurs. Uh, but pulled up from like 35 feet away from the basket, dang near half court. And just like it's nothing, you know, just and this is when he's just barely starting his career. So uh, I really don't see anything slowing him down. I mean, his game is just that cold and he's really only going to get better with another year in his belt. So um, Trey Young most improved. All right. Now we're up to six man of the year and this is going to be pretty short. Just really quick to explain one more time. Six man of the year is that player who comes off the bench for their team doesn't start the game but most of the time they probably will finish the game um, definitely one of the best scorers on the team more often than not and you know with that being said easy call for me Lou Williams again uh, Lou Will um, I really don't see any reason why he won't win the award this year uh, I mean the team's gonna be great of course like I said Paul George Kawhi Leonard on the team brought back pretty much the same rest of the team from last year uh, minus a couple guys um, but there's no reason why Doc Rivers is going to decide this year, like, hey, I need to start loose. So he's still coming off the bench. I'm still probably going to average about 22, 23, 24 points a game, something crazy like that. And just do it so easy, too. And, and that's the thing that really helps him win this award so much is it just never looks like he's having any sort of a hard time out there because his game is just so smooth. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of bunch of quick jerky motions or anything like that. He just easily finds his way to a spot on the floor, uh, just pick and choose his spots and just lets his shot go with pretty effortless release, too. I mean, like, if you look at it, it doesn't take a lot of jumping for him. I mean, you really never see him um, take any crazy leaning off balance shots where he's, you know, flying out of bounds or anything like that or he's jumping extra high, things like that, because he doesn't have to. You know, he's just got that whole scoring thing figured out. And uh, the six man of the year award pretty much normally just goes to the guy who's the best scorer off the bench. Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, and no joke, they probably will call this the Lou Will Award or the Lou Williams Award um, not too long after he retires. I'm sure of it. So. Now, out of all the awards, the big one, the last one, MVP. 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 No, I'm just kidding. But MVP. So for this one, now, I know I've been going just one name for each of these pretty much, but I just can't pick. But I do know, or I do think, it'll definitely be a Laker. And I know I sound like a homer. Well, I already told y'all that's how I was going to sound, but hear me up. So, you got LeBron, right? Doesn't even look like he's lost even a small bit of speed. You know, the Lakers played yesterday in their first preseason game versus the Warriors. And, I mean, he just came out there looking like... Like he never left, you know, looking like he had that whole first summer off of missing the playoffs for the first time in, in eight or nine years. You know, he looked like he had that rest that he needed. Um, came out playing super fast last night, just out there attacking the basket. Wasn't taking all those crazy weird threes that he was taking last year. And I know it's just preseason, but, um, you know, it's just all we have to go off of right now. But still, he was looking great out there. I mean, and, and just having this new team that he has right now, too. It's only going to help him. You know, it's only going to help him get more assists. Rebounds probably going to be up uh, just off of how many more shots they'll be taking, how much faster they'll be playing. Um, no doubt LeBron's going to have another season where he averages around seven or eight assists as well as seven or eight rebounds. 
And I mean, man, it's, it's LeBron. I mean, so you always got to start the MVP predictions with the best player. And that's still LeBron. I don't care. Anybody says Kawhi had a fantastic last season. Um, Giannis, same to you, man. You know, you're my favorite players, but you still got LeBron. Now, the only reason why I say that the MVP is definitely a Laker and not definitely just LeBron is because now the Lakers have Anthony Davis. And again, like I said, the last night's game was only preseason. You know, the game on Saturday versus the Warriors. And the Warriors, they were hurt a little bit too. They didn't have all their players. You know, missing the big man, Willie Cauley Stein, who should be really big for them. But still, Anthony Davis came out playing just so much more engaged. And this was such a purpose. Um, you know, you just really can't count him out. I mean, I know all last year he really didn't want to be there um, in New Orleans, play for the Pelicans anymore. But he was still balling. But you can still just not see that that kind of fire underneath him. For whatever reason, you can see that the very first game, this preseason game here. So I think it really just kind of rejuvenated him uh, to come to the Lakers, come be somewhere where he said out loud he wanted to be. Um, he's on a team, too, where he can kind of feel more confident that if he needs to, the team will bring in more talent or things like that to help him out. And, and then plus the fact of just his age. Um, AD is going into his eighth year in the league, but he's only 26. So, you know, coming to the, the league at 18, as soon as he got to the NBA, he went straight to the Olympics with the, the Redeem team, uh, 2012, playing with LeBron back then, to and Dwight Howard. Um, and just, you know, things like that only helped him to get to this point to where now he's on the Lakers, um, age 26, eight years later. And it's just something about when players make it to this point in their careers where all the experience that they have all just starts to kind of match up perfectly with their skills and where their athletic ability and just their control of their body, understanding all that stuff. You know, this is like around that age where that really starts to factor in. Um, but a lot of times players don't have as many experience or as many years experience as him. So that's a huge difference for him. Um, so, yeah, he's approaching the physical prime, but he's not even really close to that yet either. He's probably about a year or two off of that, too. So um, I really just see this whole situation of him just being where he wants to be uh, with the team that he decided he wanted to be on, uh, playing with players and, and just guys that he looks up to in LeBron, Dwight Howard. He said, you know, he likes those guys before, looks up to them, playing with Boogie. Uh, Rondo, a couple of his other favorite players and friends of his. Um, I definitely think that on top of all those things, him wanting to win one of these big awards too, I actually think he has a better chance than LeBron. Uh, plus, LeBron has its own couple of MVPs too. So, who knows? We might even see LeBron say, all right, AD, I got mine. You know, now it's time for you to get yours. Uh, you might help him out that way. Who knows? And the fact that he's out in L.A. right now, too, versus in New Orleans, where just the fact that the lights are a little bit brighter, you know, a lot of different things can come from winning the MVP award in the Staples Center, playing for the Lakers in that arena, underneath all the banners and everything, and winning the MVP with all that underneath you versus out in the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, winning MVP there. You know, they both would have been great, but just a lot of different things will come after that, you know endorsements just all kind of things so all right so that's it so awards out the way you know let's move forward to something a little bit more fun you know whatever goofy all this stuff it's ridiculous to me but you know a lot of different stuff going on kind of outside of the court too you got dudes like kuzma of the lakers kyle kuzma recently signing with puma and you know the puma brand is coming up they're getting a lot of young dudes that are gonna probably have some big names or at least have a chance to have some big names uh, coming underneath their label 
Got dudes like Marvin Bagley over there, too, from the Sacramento Kings, who I really like. Um, older players, too, or former players like the OG Jalen Rose. So, I mean, you know, Puma's definitely doing his thing these days. Um, and, you know, Kuzma definitely went over and signed with Puma in honor of Nipsey Hussle. So, that, you know, lets you know he's really buying into the whole L.A. thing. R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle, by the way. And, but as far as how that relates to just basketball and the Lakers and things like that, I really think that's a good sign, actually, because it kind of shows you that, you know, Kyle Kuzma really bought into being a Laker. Like, he really decided, like, okay, this is a team that drafted me. Probably was a fan growing up. It definitely seems like it. You know he's a Kobe fan, but it definitely feels like Kyle Kuzma just wants everything to do with L.A. and the city, the fans, the kind of culture around it, things like that. So that's always a good sign, uh, especially when you got such a good young player who um, has so much value already early on in his career. Um, but yeah, that lets you know that he's really just all about that whole LA lifestyle and the whole West Coast scene and all that stuff. Him being a kid from Michigan and everything. Um, but speaking of all that West Coast, you know, rap, everything, let's take it over to Kansas. I know, like, what Kansas, what that got to do with LA? But anyway, so you got a whole a little event here we call uh, Late Night at the Fog. Okay. Now, if anybody never heard of this, look it up. Late Night at the fog but fog is spelled with the ph um so what this is basically it's kind of like a midnight madness that they have up at um kansas university um, you know people don't know midnight madness what that is basically uh, a lot of schools they'll do a late night event for students and other fans to attend where you pretty much can get a look at the team so the team might scrimmage uh, they might put on like a dunk contest or a three-point contest or something like that um, schools do open practices um, those type of things, you know, so you can get a look at the, the college team and what type of team they'll have coming up. Then um, we got some schools, a.k.a. the rich schools, you know, sometimes they'll get a big name uh, artist or somebody to come perform and build some more hype around the program, you know, sell more tickets to the event or whatever, just make their name be out some more. Um, so this time it was Kansas who decided they wanted to have Snoop Dogg come perform at their event. Uh, now, for anybody who doesn't know Snoop Dogg, all right, and I can't believe I just said those words, but basically, for anybody who doesn't know Snoop, he's someone who's been around longer than I've actually been alive, and I'm 30. So basically, what I'm saying here is that not too many people should just now be finding out who Snoop Dogg is, all right. But if you don't know who that is, Google. Please don't let anyone know that you had to do that, though, or you definitely will lose whatever small amount of cool points you may have had. I say may, because if you got the Google Snoop, you might not have to add any. But anyways, um, you know you know what you're going to get when you get Snoop Dogg, right? Like, you know, hey, I'm about to hire Snoop Dogg. You got to know what type of things about to come with that. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, because I do want you guys to see the videos and everything yourself and get that initial, like, shock value. But just do a quick search for a Snoop Dogg Kansas or something like that, and I definitely know it'll pop up. Check it out, man. It's a show. He put on a show. It's Snoop Dogg. You know, he's been around for decades doing this thing. Um, anyways, I guess they didn't like it. It was a little too risque for them down there. Apparently, he brought out a quote-unquote stripper pole, and he was quote-unquote tipping the strippers out there on the court. And another stripper was out there doing the quote-unquote splits on that said pole. So, it was a lot going on out there in Kansas no, and, and then the head coach at Kansas, the head coach Bill Self, this fool had the nerve to say, um, quote, too, this is a straight quote, 
I don't guess you have visuals on radio. I learned that tonight. For real? So, <laughs> you was damn near around back with, during the time where they didn't have TVs, or I don't know what they had back then, but I know they had radio shows because of the fact that you guys were so aware that they didn't, you couldn't see what was on the radio, and you had people actually in radio studios acting stuff out like movies and everything. So, you knew damn well that these these radio songs you've been hearing, quote unquote, didn't have any visuals, right? But yet you're going to act surprised about Snoop. All right. So I guess all this time you needed Snoop Dogg to come tell you that. Got it. I mean, I just don't get how you can know ahead of time that Snoop Dogg is going to be somewhere and then be surprised or, or even worse, disappointed when you hear him doing his actual songs. Like his songs about his favorite cocktail mixtures, for example, or what asking people what his name is. Apparently I forgot. But that's like going to Burger King and saying, let me get a Whopper meal. And then you go ask for the manager because you ended up getting a burger and fries and a drink. Like, it's Snoop. What did y'all think Snoop was going to do? They probably thought he was going to come up there and do his, his Katy Perry features or his features from, uh, what was it, Big Time Rush? So, I mean, come on now. That, that's that's goofy. That's goofy on your part, Kansas. All right, you guys. So, last up, scouting report. And again, uh, just to go over one more time for anybody who might have missed it, the scouting report is just basically uh, an overview of the week coming up or just different things that I think you should keep an eye out for. And yeah, I mean, with this, the whole NBA season starting soon, that's it. That's a scouting report right there. Season is here, y'all. So like I said, preseason started on Thursday with that first game between the Rockets and the Clippers. Uh, But now it's game pretty much every single day. Uh, from that day on until October 18th. Some days, most days actually is about five games a night even too. A low night will be like four games in a night. Some days I've seen seven games in one night and stuff. So anybody who's like a basketball head like I am, this is our time. Like it's finally here. So, I mean, I couldn't be happier about that. Um, this week coming up though, for people who you know aren't junkies and everything uh, for basketball or NBA and don't try to find every single source of every game that they can um, and you just want to pull some games up pretty easy we got two games on Tuesday night on ESPN so these are national TV games everybody gets these basically or at least you have cable um, you know but on ESPN two games coming up first up we got Mavericks and Thunder uh, so the Mavericks playing the Thunder first game of their season and yeah first game for Chris Paul be on his new team the Thunder playing alongside one of my favorite players Steven Adams uh, going against Rookie of the Year or reigning Rookie of the Year, Luka Doncic. And also, they got Kristaps Porzingis over there, too, that they got from the Knicks. Uh, what they call him, the Unicorn, the Latvian Unicorn. So, I'm hoping he plays. They've been you know, trying to talk about keeping him um, playing sporadically. Or not sporadically, but just kind of watching his minutes and things like that. So, with it being preseason, I'm not sure you know, if they'll put him out there this game. I, I really hope they do, though. If not... Definitely get to see Doncic. I mean, he's always exciting to play. And then another one of my favorites, you got Boban Marjanovic. So if you guys don't know who Boban is, look him up. Google Boban, B-O-B-A-N, and all of his stuff will come up. This dude is a literal giant, man. But really for me, the main thing I'm going to be looking out for in this game is just to see how well Chris Paul and Steven Adams play together. I'm hoping they both play. Um, and get a decent amount of time together. But, you know, everyone knows Chris Paul as that guy who is the point guy, basically. That's what they like to call him. Um, Cliff Paul, 
uh, but just the, the, the point guard, um, the really the, the, the legend as far as point guards go in this past decade or so, where you hear the name point guard or the position point guard, and a lot of times his name is one of the first ones that come up in your head. So, um, you know, him on his last team here with the Thunder, uh, last team, I don't know if it's his last team or not, but definitely um, never thought he would be on so many teams early on. Uh, making it to this next stop here with the Thunder and I really think that him playing with Steven Adams this year and just that offense they're going to be working on together with that one-two punch I think that's going to be great for him one just getting back into his old groove and kind of running the team like he's used to being that primary ball handler uh, but then also Steven Adams too uh, also might even want to put him in that conversation for most improved as well uh, depending on how things go with Chris Paul so um, that's one game to be watching for Another game coming on that same night, we got the Thunder and the Blazers. Um, now, this is going to be a different kind of game because the teams are pretty much similar. But same time, too, for me, I'm going to be taking a look for uh, this kid, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, now, he didn't get to play last year, even though he was drafted last year due to a back injury that kept him out. Um, but he's really the only player, I think, really in, probably in, in the whole kind of rookie class or, or in the running and everything that can actually get Zion Williamson a run for his money for Rookie of the Year. Um, six foot ten, six foot eleven, um, just a flat out scorer. Kind of reminds me of like a right-handed Lamar Odom back in the day where he just handles and just get around the court, um, gets his shot off wherever he wants to, stuff like that. Um, but if Lamar maybe had a better jumper or even something close to like a young Rasheed Wallace or something like that. People compare him to KD, Kevin Durant. I'm not going to go that far just yet because I've never even seen him play a real game since early in his college career. So I'm not going to call him Kevin Durant yet. But, um, I mean, he is seven feet tall, um, can shoot, dribble, all that stuff, you know. So, actually, might even want to look at him as like a, like a, a Ben Simmons or Giannis if either of them could shoot, really. Uh, take away a little of the athleticism, replace it with the jumper, and you might have Michael Porter. So, I mean, I say that all to say this kid's pretty scary. Um, and then that very next night, so we got all those games on Tuesday. Next night on Wednesday, speaking of Zion all this time, got him coming up too. The, the Bulls are playing the Pelicans on Wednesday night. So, um, and that's also going to be on ESPN. Um, and Lakers fans, this is our chance to really see all the young guys that we rooted for all this time. They got traded for AD. You know, we got Ingram, Lonzo Ball, of course, Josh Hart. Uh, this is our first time get to see with them play with uh, my potential Rookie of the Year favorite, Zion Williamson. So um, the game's going to be packed on TV. It's going to be just crazy. They're definitely going to treat it like it's a regular season game or even like it's something more than that as far as just that show that's going to be behind or be behind Zion. But like I said earlier, man, all eyes are going to be on this kid and nothing's going to change with that when Wednesday comes. So I'm looking for the Pelicans to be doing whatever they can do to try to get Zion a big dunk. I mean, as a team, it's going to be a group effort for them to really get him to show off, I think. Um, whether that's going to be forcing a lot of alley-oops to him or uh, a lot of kind of defense effort too where they do a lot of trapping and force defenses or excuse me force a lot of steals and stuff like that on defense to get him some breakaway dunks uh, whatever the case is but uh, I mean you just really get the sense that the whole city of New Orleans is really rallying behind him like they couldn't wait to get him and obviously of course why wouldn't you um, but you can really just kind of get the feeling that not only is the, are the fans out there behind him, but the players, the coaches, the whole staff, they just really want him to succeed. They feel like he can really carry him. So 
Um, yeah, I'm just hoping the game just turns into a dunk fest out there, man. Just like you got dudes like Zion, like I said, um, Brandon Ingram out there from the Lakers, Lonzo Ball can get up. You got the rookie out there too for the Pelicans, Jackson Hayes. Uh, I really think, you know, he can go out there and put on a show every now and then too. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a great game coming up that night. But really every night, man. Like I said, games on every single night between now and October 18th. So y'all make sure to tune in and you know where I'm going to be at. Um, But, yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Episode 2 of the Who Show podcast. A little bit longer than we expected, but I had a little bit more to cover up this season, uh, you know, with everything coming up so soon. So, um, find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts is on there now, SoundCloud, um, Anchor, still working on getting everything on Apple. So that's it, y'all. Episode two in the books. I'm about to get out of here, but before I do, I just want to give a quick shout out to a couple people. Um, shout out to my homie Cole, coming from Vegas, out there in UNLV, driving all the way from Vegas out to Nashville. Uh, man, one of the best dudes I ever met in life, period, man. So you already know I wish you nothing but the best. I already told you this stuff, but I know you said you'll listen, man. So uh, let me know you make it safely. All love, man, and wish you nothing but the best, of course. And next up, I want to shout out the homie Greg. Uh, Greg did nothing but show love from day one. I've mean, always been that way, too. It's actually somebody i know since probably like 14 or 15, back when a lot of y'all probably were around for this when that first Magic Johnson 24-hour fitness showed up over there on Slauson, but, man, been hooping with this dude ever since way back then and still in contact, man. Greg did nothing but show love since the show first came out. even made a post for me. I didn't even ask him to do that. So, Greg, I appreciate you, bro. You already know. I got to show you love here, too. And you guys go follow his page on Instagram, at GhostBearArt. So that's at G-H-O-S-T-B-E-A-R-A-R-T on Instagram. Um, doing personal art, excuse me, personalized art, um, doing things for commission over there and all kind of things. So check him out and support him. Um, but yeah, that's it, you guys. Like I said, I said it before, but this is really is. So, hey, appreciate y'all listening. Anybody who made it this far through, um, nothing but love for you. Let me know if I can do anything to return the favor. And yeah, we out.